World Podcast number 386 for Wednesday, December 11th, 2013 is brought to you by Mac Mania Cruises. Go to insightcruises.com slash Mac hyphen 17 for more details. Happy holidays out there, listeners, to whichever holiday you happen to be celebrating. Maybe you're listening to this in May and it's Memorial Day. If so, happy Memorial Day to you. But it's December, it's the end of the year, and we thought, what better time to do the final uh, Macworld Pundit Showdown of the year? Uh, this is the show where we bring on the the best and the brightest and the smartest of the technology world and ask them really dumb questions and then give them points and play wacky sound effects. Hey, Let's meet our panelists. Back, a frequent champion who had fallen on hard times, but in his last uh, last uh, Macworld Pundit showdown, he got back on the winning streak. He's back, baby. It's editorial director Jason Snell. Hello, Jason. Hi, Phil. It's good to be back. I was riding high. I was happy to not be invited back for a while so that I could just remain a champion. So now you're ruining it. Thank yes. you. Yes. Well, you're a fighting champion. That's the important thing. And the only thing better than one, Jason is two Jasons. Uh, he uh, is with TechHive.com, our sister site. He uh, recently reviewed the Microsoft Xbox One, so uh, look up that if you if you need uh, any sort of gaming information. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Cross is here. It's like Jason's in stereo. Yes. Why buy one, Jason, when you can get two for exactly. twice Exactly. Well, thank you for, for showing up today. That ends the Jason-related portion of our, our program. Now let's move on to the Jeff portion, another former champion, a uh, freelance author, a uh, senior contributor with uh, with uh, Tidbits, often frequently contributing to Macworld.com, and he's got some books, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, how many books does he have? Well, he has his OS X Mavericks Pocket Guide and coming soon to uh, find virtual bookstores any, anywhere, the iPad Air and iPad Mini Pocket Guide. Ladies and gentlemen... Jeff Carlson is here. Hi, Jeff. Hi there. I love having that as my theme. Well, that's great. <laughs> we're, we're happy to accommodate you. We, and we I'm s- happy that, that that I'm sticking with uh, with Jays. So the, I may not be a Jason, but at least I'm a Jay. Well, uh, the, our next guest totally throws off that motif. <laughs> but we're happy to have him nonetheless. He's making his debut on the Macworld Pundit Showdown. He does not actually write about Macs. No, he writes for PC World. Uh, and we're pleased to welcome to the show, and let me let me pray that I can pronounce his last name properly. We we practiced it before the show. It's Brad Charkas. <laughs> you got it right, Phil. You got Yay! it right. <laughs> Points for me. <laughs> Hi, Brad. Hello. How's it going? Very glad to have you on the show. Oh, it's my first time. I'm excited. Well, let me explain to you how it works. We award points for each answer that you give. It's one point, or it's two points, or possibly even three points. But if you fail to give a good answer, you can also lose a point just like that. Let us go to our first question. And it's all about this. We want to help our customers create even more amazing stories because we know that this is just the beginning for iPad. And so we've been busy working on the next generation of iPad. And to tell you all about it, 
I'd like to invite Phil back up on stage. Well, then I'll come back on the stage, Tim <laughs> Cook. Hey! Apple wasn't quite done after its September press announcement, unveiling a new set of iPads in late October. Let's start things off by settling the obvious question, iPad mini or iPad Air. Let's start with the man who's writing the book on the iPads, Jeff Carlson. Well, this is a great question, and it's, it's a question that I'm getting a lot, a lot of people are, are getting a lot, but... Um, you know, in my case, I bought an iPad Air because it's great for photography, reviewing Boom. photos, editing movies, things like that. But the real answer, of course, is both. Uh, sources tell me that Apple is about to introduce a new docking stand. It lets you mount the Air above the Mini, so the Air is awesome. on top in landscape orientation. The Mini sits below in portrait orientation, and they're going to call the bundle the iPad Martini. And it will ship with a special Project Red bottle of vodka and an and a, a aluminium shaker. And that's why he writes books about the iPad Air and iPad Mini. Jason Snell, Air or Mini? Wow, that answer was uh, almost book length. Anyway, I say Mini, and uh, here's why: it has everything that the Air has, plus it's smaller and more convenient, lighter, easier to hold in your hand, easier to stuff in a in a bag somewhere. And I say this also as an exacting comic book reader. That was the big question with these products was uh, the, the old non-retina mini was a little too small, a little too grainy to read a comic book page. And yeah, the Air is gorgeous, just like their old retina iPad was gorgeous for comic reading. But the mini, it's got the same number of pixels, and those comics are a little bit smaller, but they still look great. And so that's enough for me to stick with the mini size and go with the retina. Uh, Jason Cross. Jason Snell has a, pretty much the exact same use case for tablets as I do. Uh, so that's why I picked the Mini 2. Point it's, to Jason. Yes. <laughs> yes. Add, give him all my this points This is not a common pool of Jason points. Yes. Here. I just want to be clear about oh, that. Oh, damn. Well, Com- we're going to Competing lose. as one Jason. Shoot. Uh, no, it's, uh, like you said, it is just an iPad Air shrunk down now. So uh, there's really no reason to get the Air unless you really just need it to be bigger. It's got all the same pixels. It's got the same processor. It plays all the same games. Everything looks great on it. So unless you just want to hold up a bigger thing in front of everybody when you're taking pictures with the thing, get the Mini. All right, Brad, here's your first answer in the Pundit Showdown. Unfortunately, it's going to have to be a clean sweep here. I can't buck the crowd. I'm also voting for the iPad Mini with Retina Display. I mostly use tablets for magazine reading and RSS feed reading, and I just love the small size. It's great for sitting there, laying in bed, reading, holding it above your head. All right, let's move on to the next question. I would like to know the word or phrase that best describes Apple in 2013. Let's start off with the uh, the man who knows the most about Apple here, Brad. Brad, what's the word or phrase that best describes Apple in 2013? I actually think the word that best describes Apple in 2013 is underrated. Hmm. All the uh, headlines you're seeing these days revolve around Android market share. And... That doesn't change the fact that Apple is continuing to just sell crazy amounts of units, more units than it's ever sold before, and these dirt-cheap tablets don't actually change that. Apple just keeps selling more and more, and for all the talk about supposed lack of innovation, I think the M7 coprocessor, Touch ID, and the move to 64-bit actually all hold intent for the future of mobile technology. Awesome. All right, Jason Cross. The word or phrase that best describes Apple in 2013 is... Upgrades! Boom. 
you get an upgrade, and you get an upgrade, <laughs> and you get an upgrade. Everything's upgraded. Uh, Apple's biggest thing this year was uh, iOS 7, which was the first time they really overhauled iOS in a long time, and it was really good. Uh, but as far as everything else they came out with this year, it was really just kind of an upgrade to existing stuff. 5S isn't really an overhaul of the iPhone. It's the S model, you know, and it, that 5C is really just the 5 in a different case. And even the same thing with Macs and stuff this year. There really wasn't uh, breakthrough products you know, they can't reinvent the wheel every year, but there was no iWatch. There was no Apple TV. There was no new category of things or even a big change to the categories that they have. All right, Jeff Carlson. Um, I think that the, the word or phrase that best describes Apple in 2013 is resilient. Um, I think they had a long dry patch of releasing no hardware until September, aside from a speed bump MacBook Air in June. So, you know, that pretty much says that the company was tapped out. Um, I think they just managed to pull off or pull out of this uh, kind of creative free fall at the last minute with the iPad Air, uh, the iPhone 5S a bit with, with the, the Touch ID technology, uh, of course, iOS 7, um, and we're still hoping uh, the uh, new Mac Pro. Um, we'll see what 2014 holds. Uh, I think Apple should probably maybe start thinking less about their new spaceship campus and more on what to do with all the unused desk chairs they'll have in the spring. All right, Jason Snell. The word or phrase that best describes Apple in 2013 is feisty. I'm thinking particularly of Phil Schiller standing on stage and saying when he absolutely didn't have to, as he scripted aside, can't innovate my ass. This is Apple on the offensive. This is Apple slightly offensive. And I think that uh, Steve Jobs used to have all of the feistiness. He would awesome. shoot off those emails and and uh, and attack Android and the analyst calls. And they've picked up that uh, feistiness and, and are fighting back against the perceptions that Apple is sort of uh, floating off there in the distance. And, yeah, there were lots of interesting products from Apple this year, lots of upgrades to be sure, the iPads uh, with a big update. But that's the thing that struck me about this year is this year Apple's executives started to fight back in public on stage. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to our third question. Since our last pundit showdown, Twitter went public. I would like to know, which company, panelists, are you buying and selling right now? Jeff, why don't you start us off this time? Um, I can buy companies. Yes, are you they... can. In this in this <laughs> mythical world of podcasts where we all have <laughs> unlimited money at our expense. As I say, I had no buy idea and sell were... com- buy and sell stock in a company. Who are you buying? Who are you selling? Um, well, I think that that if I actually bought stock, I would go for Netflix. Um, here's a company that single handedly killed Blockbuster Video, which during its heyday had gobbled up like an entire ecosystem of independent video stores like blockbuster was was the big gorilla um netflix when they started renting videos by mail it was innovative it was disruptive and then they went in this crazy direction and started pushing online streaming and that was so crazy that now netflix accounts for a third of all internet traffic in the evenings blockbuster is gone um, I think that, that if I had been smart enough to actually invest uh, in Netflix when I first thought about it during the bubble and I was like, hey, this was like $23, maybe I should, um, that would have been a good move. Of course, I didn't, um, and I'm still trying to unload Webvan shares. So, Very good. Uh, uh, Jason Cross, who you buying, who you selling? Well, if you want to make money in the stock market, you need stocks that move. They got to go up, they got to go down, but they have to move. And the stock market runs on emotions. So I think Yahoo is where you've got 
to uh, place your bets, either for or against. But I think they keep making a lot of changes. They keep getting in the news a lot, and that makes the stocks go up, and that makes the stocks go down, and that's how you make money. Greatest financial advice I've ever heard. Brad, <laughs> who you buying, who you selling? Um, it's kind of a cop-out because they're a division of Google, but I'm buying what Motorola's, Motorola's selling. Boom. Um, they've been uh, hemorrhaging cash for a long time, but I absolutely love what they're doing with the Moto X and the Moto G. And I think they're really pushing innovation forward, and Sugar Daddy Google can bankroll a whole lot of innovative experiments until they start to pay off. If I had to sell, I would sell Snapchat. I think it's a feature, not a real company. And if they turn down $3 billion, the big bosses there are absolutely nuts. Absolutely. Jason Snell, I am so glad that I don't have to write about stocks as part of my job because I am not much of an investor. So I I will consult with my broker, although he seems to have this suspiciously um, bejeweled monocle, which makes me wonder what he's doing with (laughs) with my money. Um, I prefer to buy groceries and sell T-shirts out of my van. But if I had to choose, here's my financial advice. Buy things that make money. And I know that sounds stupid, but there are lots of companies out there that don't make money, like Twitter, and sell things that have no idea how to make money. So by this standpoint, yeah, sure, Apple knows how to make money. Samsung knows how to make money. We may not like Samsung, but Samsung and Apple are the only two companies that are actually making money in the cell phone world right now. Those, Those seem like good companies, and I have skepticism for Twitter. Honestly, even Microsoft knows how to make money. And right now, that's what I would say is if you think this is a company that has figured out how to make money, not just figured out a little niche to live inside like Twitter, but actually make money, that's who you should be investing in. The Silicon Valley is full of companies that have no clue about that. And uh, once again, uh, 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 listeners, we must warn you, please don't take any of financial advice. (laughs) Good God, no. (laughs) Only take advice from that guy with a monocle. Now let's uh, check the scores. Uh, Jason Cross off to a little bit of a slow start with nine points. Making a strong initial debut is uh, Brad Charkas with uh, 11. Uh, Jeff Carlson with 12. Jason Snow roaring ahead with that last answer to 13. Let's go on to the next question. It's a reader question from reader Steve Thomas. He, He wrote us and asked... A Red Mac Pro recently sold at auction for nearly $1 million. What tech product should be painted red and offered up for auction next to bring in the big bucks for charity? Jason Snell. Well, the brilliance about the the product Red Mac Pro is that the Mac Pro isn't even out yet. And so the first one that was for sale was this super awesome red painted Mac Pro. So... I'm just going to go with that. An anticipated, especially by power users, uh, Apple product that we really, really, really want to see. And the first one you're going to be able to get is going to be painted red. Hopefully not the screen itself, but it's the brand new, not yet announced Retina Thunderbolt display from Apple. So the the first Retina desktop display, it matches really well if you're the guy who bo- who bought the red Mac Pro. Uh, this would attach to that, and it would be very lovely. So and he's and he's probably got money to burn after dropping a million <laughs> Clearly, bucks on a, on a desktop. He may have a jeweled monocle, even. Jason Cross. Uh, I think the tech product that most people want to buy a red one of is Philip Michaels. Oh, I no. think for a million dollars for charity, uh, we would be happy to paint you red and ship you off to whoever. Are you is saying he's a over. communist? <laughs> uh, I'm saying we could paint him like one. And uh, send them off to whatever uh, reader wants to kick over for charity. And then you can do what you do best for them, which is yell at people to write faster. That's what I do best. That was a terrible 
answer. That, that, probably the worst that we'll hear today. That, that I was hope. the pundit showdown equivalent of like a self-immolation. Yeah, that was really that not was, so good. Exactly, Brad. Brad, pull us out of this death spiral. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Surface Two. It's uh, it's kind of crazy, but hear me out. Yeah. Microsoft had had to write a whole bunch of money down for the first generation Surface, so they would obviously like to cook the books a bit with a high value charity sale. <laughs> And even though it's kind of a dud, Bill Gates is absolutely loaded, and he loves good causes, so it's All guaranteed right. to sell. There you go. Jeff Carlson. What? My first thought, of course, was a BlackBerry phone, uh, because I think if you were to do that, it might actually fetch retail value. But, but instead, I'm going to have to go with the, the uh, Tesla S-Series, because if you are already uh, well off enough to buy one of these, um, you know, great, greatly designed cars. Of course, you want it in red because it, it it says a statement. It, you know, goes fast. It looks like a big red blur when you zip past all the cops, and hopefully, it doesn't catch fire. Red, but um, it's yeah. That that's it. I I, I ran out of. Out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take a point. Well, no. like, like the Tesla, you ran out of gas there. Um, Bum-bum-bum. Yes, point off to me there, too. Uh, let's move on to the next question quickly. And it's all about this. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. We're right in the midst of the holiday season, and that means gifts. Name the gift you might receive that would have you saying, well... It's the thought that counts. Brad. I had some trouble with this one, actually, because I think a lot of what you can buy these days is pretty good. Even the pretty crappy stuff is pretty good these days. Hmm. And then I thought of Nintendo's Wii U. Even with that Super Mario game out, I just can't. I would not even plug that thing in. I'm not interested in it whatsoever. Can't they just bring Mario and his pals to the iPads and Xbox already? Exactly. Uh, Jason Cross. A BlackBerry phone. They're not going to even be around by next Christmas. I'm surprised they're around now. I'm surprised you can buy one, like, new. Uh, Half of the, uh, not even half, 90% of the apps in store are, like, terrible emulated Android things that don't work right. Uh, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, but if I got one, I would... I would smile politely and nod and find out where I can donate this thing. Not a very good show for BlackBerry today so far. Jeff Carlson. I think that uh, that a Samsung watch, and I can't even remember what the what they're actually calling it, but but one of the little Samsung watches, uh, because most likely I would get it from somebody who didn't know that it only works with a Samsung phone. Also, so it would just be a a, a fashion statement. I think uh, as a a, a contending follow-up, uh, a personal shopping trip at a Microsoft store with Steve Ballmer would be well-intentioned, but not quite there. Developers, 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 developers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I think Samsung is waiting to see what Apple's going to call its watch before it comes up with a name for its watch. Jason, Snell. Well, the last couple of years, this was a really easy answer because it was the Kindle Fire, and the idea would be that somebody would unwrap that thing and say, hey, it's an iPad. Oh. 
It's a Kindle Fire. The Kindle Fire is actually a lot better now. Um, so I think this year might be the first time where, um, unless you've got a huge investment in apps, uh, it's not going to be something that you immediately try to return. So what I'm going to say is I've gotten to the point where I do so much of my shopping online that gift cards for physical retail stores, that's one of those things that's going to be like, well, that's nice. When am I going to go to that store? Am I ever going to go to that store? I just, I'm used to shopping online now for so much. I don't want to go to the mall. Don't make me go. All right. We won't make you go. Um, uh, quickly uh, messaging my wife to take back that gift card we were going to get for Jason. <laughs> um, we're just about ready to close it's the, the thought that counts, though. Yes, it is. We're, we're ready to close the books on another year. Uh, what tech industry figure is going to look back on 2013 and say, ooh, that was my year. Jason Cross. I think Mark Zuckerberg is going to look back and be disappointed at the fact that this was the, the highlight of Facebook, and it has been a slow downhill Boom. spiral ever since. They're, lo- they're dropping uh, the most important demographic they have, which is teens and, and 20-somethings are all fleeing to Tumblr where their parents aren't, and they can talk about sex all they want without their parents discovering what they're talking about. And now they've got investors to worry about, so they're not going to be able to make the kind of really big changes that uh, don't make any money but get people interested in using the service again. Invest in things that make money, as a wise man said earlier on the show. Hey, wise man, yes. Jason Snell, who, whose year was uh, 2013? Well, this is actually very similar to my previous answer because that, that company at Twitter – um, good year for them. I'm not sure they're going to have another one quite this good because they went public this year. I, I would Boom. say Ev Williams, who is uh, you know I think chairman of the board at Twitter, one of the co-founders. He's made it, he made a lot of money, and he also started Medium, which is an interesting. I'm not sure whether I totally buy it, but it's a very interesting new blogging platform. And Jack Dorsey, his cohort, uh, who does Square and, and also is one of the founders of Twitter. But um, I think those guys are going to look back and say, oh, that was that was a really great year after whatever the heck is going to happened to Twitter and its stock in 2014. All right. Uh, Jeff Carlson. Well, I, I don't think that he would actually uh, look back and say this, but um, I think uh, Johnny Ive would be uh, a really good contender for this one. Um, just, you know, overall Apple design with the iPad Air, uh, the new MacBook Pro, the benefit auction that, that he did um, for Project Red. Um, I think Leander Connie's book about him will sort of elevate his uh, his 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 visibility um and especially iOS 7 and his influence on the on the design of products i think it's unfortunate that it's steve jobs passing is what has sort of propelled ive into a more visible role but he's really seen now as the inspiring force behind apple great answer uh brad I'm going to go outside the box a little bit and actually say Edward Snowden because he was the single most disruptive force in the tech industry this year. Um, Beyond what you think, whether or not he was right to do his leaks or not, there's no question that tons of things have changed because it has. And going forward, it's going to be even more. Um, Because of these Snowden leaks, everybody from Google to Microsoft to Yahoo, everybody is moving to encrypt basically everything. I mean, just today, the CyanogenMod OS for Android devices announced they're defaulting to encrypted text messaging going forward. And transparency reports are coming out from, you know, everybody, Microsoft stepping up, Apple stepped up. Uh, and even the next generation HTTP2 protocol is going to be encrypted by default. And I think that's all good news, even if you take the government surveillance out of the equation. 
Uh, great answers all around in that round. Let's uh, move on to our next question. It's all about this sound. Folks, that's why I was so excited to learn about an amazing new product from Double Robotics. When you need to be in the office, but you can't be there, how about having a robot stand in your place? That's the idea with Double. Double uses the iPad's camera as your remote eye. Double is for businesses with telecommuters who want to have a physical presence in the office. That was our dear friend and Mackerel Pundit Showdown legend, Roman Loyola, <laughs> who is making a surprise appearance on the Colbert Report, which uh, used uh, footage from our video of a telepresence robot from Double. I want to know from the panelists, what's the most unexpected place you've ever turned up in? Let's start with um, Jeff Carlson on this one. Now, does this question presuppose a large quantity of whiskey? Yes, because, it does. Because somewhere in the desert outside Las Vegas technically counts, but it's a little bit too cliche. Um, I think that I, I, I'm totally humble bragging here, but um, and I'm sure Jason is probably going to roll roll his eyes. But um, there's the only one right answer here, Jeff. So you better give it because I know I what know. the answer is for you. The day after the original iPad was introduced, um, a photo of me at the the iPad event appeared on the front page of USA Today, the business section of the Wall Street Journal, and a bunch of other places. Um, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Um, I was trying to listen to the iPad speakers at the time, but the photo totally makes it look like I am caressing the iPad in a sensual manner. <laughs> and Oh, wow. And uh, since then, and actually until this year... Um, I, after every iPad launch event, a photo of me showed up in the mainstream media for every model, just for some reason. They're drawn to your beard. That's They're what it drawn. is. Yes, that's that's what it is. M- maybe that's why I, it didn't happen this year. Mm. So, uh, Jason Cross, where's the most unexpected place you've ever showed up? I am actually in the movie Cape Fear. Uh, really? As an extra, cool. the the nineteen ninety ish De Niro. I assume one. not the yes. original. Yeah. That, would been, that would be a, ma- a neat yeah. trick, huh? Yeah. No, uh, there's a scene in which De Niro uh, runs through a parade uh, uh, to hit Nolte or vice versa, uh, and um, and the marching band in that is my high school marching band, and he th- they did a whole bunch of takes of this, but in Several of them he ran right behind me, and that's the cut that's in the film. So if you know who's back of the head to look for, that's me. So we're all renting Cape Fear tonight, I I think, and and, and, and looking for our dear friend Jason Cross. Hey, Brad. Hey, does uh, the Macworld Pundit Showdown count? Yo! Hi. You guys have way more interesting lives than I do out here in my remote New Hampshire outpost. I the best thing I could come up with was the gym, since I'm a stereotypical pasty, fat, bearded tech. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that, says a, another stereotypical pasty, not bearded dork. Um, Jason Snell has not answered. Where, where have you shown up? Now, there are lots of places that I, I wanted to give here because you said most unexpected. So things like I hear from the conservative members of my family that something from Macworld has been mentioned on the Rush Limbaugh show or on Fox News. Also, I heard that, that Dan Benjamin was doing impressions of me on his various 5x5 radio shows. But, you know, strange as it may seem, apparently the most unexpected place I've ever turned up is in that YouTube video of Steve Jobs introducing the original iPod, which oh. I was there for my job. I'm the Macworld guy. I, I, you know, why is that? unexpected and yet I cannot tell you how many times not a week goes by that somebody on Twitter doesn't say hey I was looking at that old iPad iPod video is that you yeah I 
Yeah, I was there. And the funny thing Why is, is that I, unexpected? I'm sitting in the same <laughs> row as you, but I don't appear on camera. Because I, I guess I'm a vampire. I, guess no, I, I, think, I think I'm actually me, off, off to the side. Right. It's me and John Seff and Rick LePage are the ones you can see. And you and, and Jim Dalrymple and Peter Cohen aren't visible. No. Not, not pictured. But why is that a surprise? And yet people no. are surprised. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of surprises, let's go to the scores. Uh, Jason Snell still in the lead, but only by a point. Uh, iPad cover boy Jeff Carlson has pulled to within one. Brad uh, Charkas doing a very good job on his debut. He's only two points behind Jason. Um, star of Cape Fear and uh, and uh, uh, Tech Hive editor Jason Cross. A, a bit of a ways back. Lots of ground to make up, but I, I think you've got it in you. I, I regret nothing. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to this. We already played the sound, but let's play it again. Developers, 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 developers. That sound clip goes on for two hours. That was not a loop. The year ends with Steve Ballmer still as Microsoft CEO. When we hold the show next year, if we hold this show next year, which Microsoft chief executive will we be making fun of then? Brad, start us off. You're the expert. Oh yeah, lead lead with that, and now we'll go on to say I have no idea. No. Nobody really has any idea. It's a crapshoot. But if I had to pick somebody, I'd probably pick Tony Bates. He was the CEO of Skype before Microsoft bought the company, so he has experience running, you know, a big organization. Um, he has business and technical background. He also ran Cisco's business section for a long time, and his Skype time gives him, uh, you know, background in consumer technology. Technology, and I think that's something that. The next CEO of Microsoft really needs, since it's calling itself a device and services company now. Jason Snell, I have a tie. Okay, uh, between we between we are still looking for somebody, and it's been an entire year. And oh, fine, Steve Ballmer, you can stay. I, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be really hard for them. I, you know, I don't know who the answer is. It seems like people are dropping off their list rather than being added to it. I don't know what that means. Um, you know, so so I think right now the best the best guess, slightly above fifty percent, is they'll still be looking for a permanent solution. Jeff Carlson, I was trying to think of something you know out of the box and and funny, and I came up with something. And actually, you know what? Compared to all the other options that are out there. This might not actually be a bad idea. I think there are going to be co-CEOs, Jean-Louis Gasset and Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> it worked out so well for BlackBerry, too, to have the co-CEOs. Uh, Jason exactly. Cross, you have not answered. No, uh, and I think it's going to be Stephen Elop, and he's going to he, – I'm part of the crew that thinks, you know, they practically installed him in Nokia in the first place to cozy up to Microsoft – much to mo- probably Nokia's chagrin, they'd be doing better with Android, probably. Uh, and they're now they bought up half of Nokia, their whole device business. He's going to come back over into the Microsoft fold and make Microsoft even more boring because he's going to look at the enterprise business and see dollar signs, and they're going to turn into a boring enterprise company like IBM and lose all their whatever small cool cachet they had. Jason Cross gets two bonus points there for actually having the right answer to that. It will yeah. be Stephen Elop. We'll get back to the Pundit Showdown after this word from our sponsors. 
Hey, we're having a lot of fun on the Macworld podcast today. You know what else is fun? Cruising around the British Isles, which you can do next June on the MacMania Cruise. It's a harmonious blending of Apple insights, unforgettable sightseeing, and fun. There are 10 delightful days of learning and exploring the British Isles. Who's going to be on board? Well, you can learn all about Mac problem solving with Joe Kissel. You can learn about efficient workflows and habits with Don McAllister. Bob Levitas is there to teach you how to master your iPhone and iPad. Uh, there's digital photography with Chris Marquette and Bebo White on big data and open data. Those are just some of the courses you can follow on the MacMania cruise it's next june you can go to insightcruises.com slash mac 17 for full details uh let's go on to our next question it's another reader question you know when there are two reader questions the host really worked hard on this show uh, yeah, that also means there are two listeners. So that's yeah, exactly. Great. So that's that we've doubled our listenership since the last podcast. Uh, Steve Crooks uh, wrote in with this one. The Mac Mini was the only Apple computer not to get an update this year. If you were a Mac Mini, what would you have to say to all of your updated brethren? This imagines take on the form of a Mac Mini. Talk to your 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 friends, the other the other Macs. Jason Snell, what would you say? Hey, I'm Mac. Mac Pro. It's me, Mac Mini. Down here. Oh, da- keep looking down. Down, yeah. That's it. You know, sizes and everything, guys. Don't forget about me. I'm going to be back next year, and it's going to be great. And and it doesn't matter that I'm the shortest Mac around or the tiniest Mac around because those iPads and iPhones are great, and I'm great too. And I'll be back in 2014. I'm out, Mac Mini. I'm giving you three points there for 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 taking on the character. He's very small. Assuming the role, but uh, that, very that, tiny. That was that was an awkward moment. I I don't I I I'm not embarrassed to to admit that that was a little bit uh, weird in here. <laughs> Why don't you like the back Mini, Phil? Oh dear, uh, Jeff Carlson, are you going to do a voice too? I'm not going to do a voice. Thank right? God, no. here's a point. Be <laughs> with that. I mean, I mean, it's not every day that you get Tom Cruise on the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think if if I were a Mac Mini, I would say, "Holy crap, I'm sentient!" And yet I can't see anything because I don't have a camera. And that outstanding battery life in all you other other uh, models doesn't mean squat when you're plugged into power all day long. And just wait till next year. All right, Brad. I'd have shiny new insides too if it wasn't for that pesky Apple TV. <laughs> Short and to the point, Jason Cross. He'd say, why am I still here? I don't know why Apple makes me. It's, this is not a product that's in Apple's wheelhouse. They're, they're, it's a cheap computer with low features, which is Apple makes premium products well. They don't compete on, like, let's make a cheap box that doesn't do as much as our other stuff. And everything. So they need to kill the Mac Mini. And with the Apple TV and screencasting, they don't really need it. I'm keeping my eye on you. <laughs> Please stop. (laughs) Let's go to our next question. It's the golden envelope question. Less than a month from now, the eyes of the tech world will turn to Las Vegas for the annual Consumer Electronics Show. What's the worst place to hold a massive technology trade show? Uh, Jason Cross. You know, oh, I should I should point out. Uh, I said the golden envelope. You match my answer, you get ten points. Almost assuredly, a place in the finals. Oh, 
Well, now I wish I knew this was the one. Well, that's why we don't tell people all the time. You know, Vegas isn't actually that bad because it can deal with 100,000 people descending on it for a weekend. But, uh, you know, it's cold in January. I have been to large conferences in Atlanta, and that's just a chore. Plus, like, every street is named Peachtree something, so you can't find where you're going. (laughs) Bonus points for slagging off Atlanta street names. Brad! Uh, to be honest, anywhere that I have to fly forever to get to, because no matter where you go, it's going to be packed, it's going to be hectic, there's going to be people everywhere, and it's going to be a pain in the butt, you know, getting to the convention center and back. As long as I don't have to fly forever before diving into that chaos, I'm happy. As a resident of New Hampshire, does that not imply that 46 of the 50 states would be, uh, would fit in that criteria? (laughs) So, pretty close. It was... Uh, the walls were closing in on me out there when I visited San Francisco earlier this yeah. year. Jason Snell, where is the worst place to hold a technology conference? Well, Las Vegas. <laughs> ah! that, is, that is the place where your soul goes to die. And failing that, you know, the Amish country? That would be, yep, another good answer. Jeff Carlson. Um, yeah, I, I got confused because I figured that Las Vegas was automatically the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you have to look at what's required for a successful uh, technology trade show. You need a lot of space, convenient travel, and easy access to lots of booze. So that brings to mind something like Kabul, Afghanistan. But Boom. in order to keep it in the U.S., um, I'd have to say pretty much anywhere in central Utah. And uh, none of you got the golden envelope question. Uh. It was Fresno, California. <laughs> and uh, uh, no offense to our many, many listeners in Fresno. When I was a young high school student, I was in a, uh, a, a club in, in, at my school. And every year the conference was held in Fresno because it is centrally located in the state of California. Not really a lot of thrills for the, the, the 14 to 18-year-old set and, and left a bad left a bad memory in my mind. Perhaps now that I'm a grown man, Fresno uh, will hold more allure. I very much doubt it. Let's uh, let's wrap <laughs> things up uh, with our final question, and let's wrap things up on a positive note. Uh, now that the Fresno people have thrown away their, their iPhones in <laughs> anger. What's one product, hardware, software, or service that you used in 2013 that you were glad you tried? Jason Snell. Uh, I'm, I'm. This is a tough one because you said end on a positive note, and I was thinking about 2013. And I just decided I hate everything. No, <laughs> but but I did come up with something that is new that I tried, or at least new to me, and that's actually reading list in iOS 7 and Mavericks. Now, not only do they sync across Apple devices, but they store um, web pages for offline reading. Previously, you had to use Instapaper or Pocket or something like that to do it. And you know what? It took Apple two or three tries, but I think they got it right. It actually is a really easy-to-use thing. I like having it even when I'm offline. It synced those uh, things, and I can read them from right inside Safari. And that makes it easier than going to a third-party app. So I I actually did like reading lists. I tried it, and I liked it. Jeff Carlson. Um, My... The the computer that I use most often is a, a 2010 MacBook Pro, and I have to say something that, that has basically made this uh, continue to be a usable computer is um, having put an SSD in it, and actually I, I uh, replaced the optical drive to put an SSD in. And so I think that's it's probably like like the most valuable sort of tech upgrade that I've made. But I also want to call out to uh, an app called Fruit Juice, 
which um, monitors your battery and gives you suggestions as to how best to keep it conditioned well so that you're not always plugged in all the time um, you're you're getting the most out of out of the power cycles that it's designed for and has sort of the the tech smarts of battery management that I guess you know Apple assumes that you should know and a lot of people don't so highly recommended See, actual actual knowledge being presented on the Macro Pundit <laughs> Showdown. Let's put a stop to that, Brad. All right. Uh, mine's a definitely not spreading knowledge, but I love the Oculus Rift developer kit. Boom. Um, a lot of people barf when they use it. Uh, from what I hear, pretty much everybody <laughs> in the San Francisco <laughs> office felt really, really nasty after using it. But I've used it several times. I had it out here for a week, and I don't barf. And that thing is just mind-blowingly awesome. Being able to—it's basically a headset that you could, drops you into a video game world, so you look around and it's like you're living in the game. You know, most um, people would say "mind-blowingly awesome" is the key quote there. I don't barf, might actually. No, I, I was about to—I was about to say, <laughs> Oculus Rift people, if you're listening, and I'm giving Brad an extra point for this. I don't barf, and it's mind-blowingly awesome. I think is your pull quote for the for the box. <laughs> That's your critics' blurb. Is that all, Brad? Did you have more to? say no that's about it okay. that's the real next generation of gaming for me never mind the xbox and yes. the PlayStation. the next generation of gaming is not barfing, <laughs> not barfing. <laughs> jason yes. cross what makes you not barf uh the iphone 5s is actually a non-barf thing for me Boom. i was not expecting to really care or uh want one but uh because i had to move carriers and swap phones and stuff anyways we ended up getting new phones and we got the 5s and i'm actually a little bit surprised at how much more useful Touch ID is. I pick up my iPad, which doesn't have it, and I sit there with my thumb on the thing waiting for it to unlock <laughs> like an idiot. Uh, and I'm surprised how addictive slow-mo video is when you make it really as easy to take as all your other videos. It's just a little option there. And I find opportunities to take lame videos and make them f fun and engaging because they're in slow-mo uh, almost every day. All right. Let us check the final scores. A stellar debut for, for Brad uh, Charkas on the on the Macworld Pundit Showdown, but it ends as so many debuts do in, in last place with 29 points. Jason Cross pulling ahead just at the end with 30, but our two finalists, Jeff Carlson with 33, Jason Snell with 35. That brings us to our next, uh, the next phase of this competition. It's Defend the Indefensible. I am going to read each of these gentlemen a statement. They are going to have 20 seconds to defend it. No matter how ridiculous, no matter how awful, no matter how much it churns their stomach to defend it, they will have to uh, act like it's the greatest idea they've ever heard. Jason, you're our, you're, you're the, the points leader right now. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go second. I will no. go Okay, Jason. Uh, uh, I'm not <clears> even yes. sure I'm talking to now. <laughs> Jeff Carlson. <laughs> Is the I mean, great. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Jeff, are you ready? Yes. This is what you must defend. Amazon's plan to deliver packages by flying drones sounds promising, but only if the drones are heavily armed. Well, of course the drones have to be heavily armed because Amazon's not going to be the only only ones in the air. I mean, Google will probably have something in the air, and Google, um, as evidenced by Eric Schmidt's quotes about how drones are a bad idea, they will have their own drones, and they will be armed because it is Google. Um, it, you know, cameras, ballistic awesome. missiles. They All right, really 20 seconds. Very good. Very good. 
a bit of bit of a mountain to climb yes, for you, absolutely. Jason Snow. <sighs> this is not going to come easy. I'm surprised you didn't mention the self-driving cars. But. Mm. Critiquing someone else's uh, defend the <laughs> oh, no. that it's is such a rich. He could he, he a minute and you could go with that. That's that a good point. No, that yeah, is a cocky five more maneuver. No. That is the the maneuver of a man who thinks that he's got this in the bag. Ooh. Let me read your statement, Jason. Oh God. <laughs> as far as I, Jason Snell, am concerned, the race for the Oscars ended the minute Jobs, starring Ashton Kutcher, hit the theaters. I, I I do agree with that. Obviously, Jobs is the uh, leading Best Picture candidate. Ashton Kutcher, Best Actor, um, ba- Best Actress, that woman who doesn't say anything, who plays Susan Care. But let's go beyond that. You don't go far enough. I think that there's perhaps a Nobel Prize in this for the director and the uh, and the screenwriter. And let's go further than that. I would actually like to see Ashton Kutcher run for president awesome. as Steve Jobs. All right. <laughs> He might have gotten it at the end. No, Jeff Carlson oh, is our oh, champion. Congratulations, Jeff. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm, I'm weepy. You are the last Macworld Punt in, uh, showdown of uh, 2013. What a way to end the year. So I'd like, I'd like, I'd like, waiting for Jeff to like give up. He's over. He's, he's overwhelmed. Or he's emotion. been killed by a drone. Yeah, killed by. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Come, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go drink the rest of the day. That'd well, while you're busy drinking, it will just leave me to uh, thank our uh, many panelists here today. Jason Cross, thank you. Thanks for Thank you, me. Brad. It was great to have you on the show. I'll be back. Thank you, as always, Jason Snell, Thanks for, for inviting up. me back. And thank you, listeners, for, for joining us. This has been the Macworld Pundit Showdown. I'm Philip Michaels. We'll see you in 2014.